Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of the Drop-In CEO brand, and I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast where week after week, I speak to these amazing, amazing people, learn from them, and hopefully what they share with us will not only provide you actionable insights, but maybe even inspire you. And as always, I say to you that I am here, and this is why I bring these guests onto the show, I am here to provide the C-suite leader of today and tomorrow insights so they can navigate challenges with confidence. And today it is my pleasure to introduce Jonathan Price, who is the founder of Down for Sound Shop. In the span of five years, he went from working out of his parents' attic to 20 million in sales online in the car audio industry, a milestone unheard of in that sector. Now, JP has a thriving YouTube community of fellow bass heads and with 500,000 subscribers and coaches others on creating their passion business. It is my honor to thank you for dropping in on the podcast, Jonathan. I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to it. And is it Jonathan or JP? Who do your friends and colleagues call you? Uh, I would say JP. Okay. And thank you so much. You know, when I was introduced you, and again, to my listeners, first of all, why am I interviewing somebody from the audio, the industry, the car parts industry? It really doesn't matter what people do. But what I find is his backstory potentially is very interesting because there is always some kind of insight that we can draw out of these amazing leaders and the successes they've achieved that maybe you can benefit from. So Jonathan, I will turn the floor over to you, the mic over to you to share a little bit about yourself personally, your backstory, and how have you come to arrive at such amazing success? I appreciate it. I feel like the story is is one of the typical ones you hear so often of like a person starting in a small city or a small country town with not a lot going on and uh, kind of finding their way. But that was me. I, I was born and raised in Mississippi, a little town, 20,000 people. I was working for other people my entire life. And that's there's nothing wrong with, with that. Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but I think people that listen to shows like this, they know there's something more out there for them. They, they want to be something more than they are, like just working for somebody else or they want to achieve something else. So I uh, spent the most of my life working for another person. And when I got to my, I guess my I don't know, breaking point in a way. I was working four different jobs. My main job was working at an airport where I catered to private aircraft. So I was fueling them. I was uh, setting up catering, rental cars, um, anything to do with airplanes and the office. Like, I mean, I, I swept the floors, I cleaned the toilets and inside the business and in the jets. Like I did it all. While I was doing that, I worked there seven days a week. I was also waiting tables at another place. I was cutting grass. And I was detailing cars and airplanes on the side. So the only thing that I knew at that time was in order to make more money, I just had to trade hours of my life for dollars. So I just stayed in that rat race for so long where I was working at least 100-hour work weeks for other people trying to figure out my way. 
I finally started getting into this car audio thing. I was going to shows and meeting people, and I had a very large car audio system in my SUV. So I would go there and I'd let people listen to it, and it would basically blow their minds. Like they would just be so wowed by it uh, that they would ask me, Where do you get your equipment from? And at that time, I was uh, partially sponsored by a couple of different companies that I had their products in my vehicle. So when that happened, I don't know. Well, 10 times. And then the 11th time I went to another car audio event and somebody asked me that question and it was like the light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, man, I could be selling these people this stuff if I could just figure out how. I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about selling products or anything like that. But I'm like, they, I've already created this this relationship with them because I, I was also starting my YouTube channel and putting videos of people getting these demonstrations of my vehicle on YouTube. So it was growing a relationship and an organic relationship at that time with all these people. So uh, the more that they saw me, it shows the more they wanted to like buy car audio or get to know me more. And I ended up like figuring, so that was the, the aha moment. I was like, man, I could be selling these people this stuff if I could just figure out how. So that kind of turned it over to and then shortly thereafter not too long after that i ended up getting fired from my my job of 10 years and that really put me in like a a hard spot obviously i mean luckily i had three technically three other streams of income uh, which was like waiting tables cutting grass or servicing lawns and then uh detailing cars and airplanes but that when i got uh let go that really pushed me to like okay i have to figure this out and uh, that's when the the snowball started <laughs> rolling down the hill to where like it just started like all these ideas were coming and it just turned into bigger and bigger things. So let me ask you, did you all of a sudden you were let go and then you had to start and did you all of a sudden you have a viral moment and you're up to this eight figure business? Like what did it take to go there? Because again, some of people are pushed out of the nest. They have an acute moment to say, oh my, I need to go in another direction or, oh, thank goodness I have the opportunity to try something new. But like, what was that journey like that you said, okay, now I got to do something to you're doing something. You're leveraging those relationships. What did it take to build the success that you have now? So keep going, fast forward. <laughs> yeah. So like a- after that happened, it definitely like pushed me out of the nest and uh, you have to figure out how to start flying or you're just going to crash again. So started like making calls to different people uh, in the car audio space. Uh, a lot of them I was sponsored by and I was running their products and I was asking them how, like, how, how do I become a dealer for you? How do I set this up? And they let me know that there's a, like a $5,000 buy-in uh, for the products. And then you get, you have to set up your, you have to have a tax ID number, you have to have a business license and all this stuff. I'm like, what? Like, what is that? That sounds like it's, so hard to get. Like I had no idea how to even do that. So anyway, I started looking online. I'm like, okay, that's not that's not that bad to set that up. So I did that and I got set up with the credentials that I needed to become a dealer for them. But the problem was I only had when I got let go, I only had right at five thousand dollars to my name. Like I just like that's all that I had. I was pretty much living paycheck to paycheck for the longest time. Like I would save up money just to go spend it on something. Like uh, I would find something that I I was really, my mindset was totally 
I would say normal at that time. Most people live that way. Like they just want to like buy all the things and like if they save money, it's just to go buy the latest shoes or iPhone or like all these consumer goods. We're, we're such consumers. But anyway, so I was saving up. I can't remember what I was saving up for, but I needed like $5,500 or something to like go buy whatever it was at the time. And then I let, I got let go. I'm like, man, okay, I have $5,000. It's $5,000 to do the buy-in to become a dealer for this company. That's all the money I have. I'm living with my parents. Like I'm 30 years old. Is is this the right decision or do I need to really go find like another full-time job? Like, so anyway, I end up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I I take the money and I do a little, or do the buy-in with the, the company and they send me the product and I start selling it. But it was obviously super slow when you're first starting out, you're, you can, you get a sale and you're like, okay, that's awesome. Wait, when is the next one going to come? Like, mm-hmm. and then it takes three weeks for another sale to come through. Like you're trying to get the the ball rolling, but you don't, you don't know anything. You don't know what works, what doesn't work. Luckily, the the volume uh, slowly, it was over time, started picking up, but it wasn't until, uh, so during that time where I got let go, I met my girlfriend. Well, now she's my wife, but I was newly into a relationship and I, I asked her all the time, like, what did you see in me? Like, I, I was this 30, right at 30 years, year old guy living with his parents didn't have his own place like well I, I mean i wasn't like really a catch but she's like oh i guess it was just i was so in love with you and i'm like man because when i got fired and i didn't technically have a job i thought this isn't good but i knew i wanted to be with her so and she lived in las vegas so again I, I was born and raised in mississippi but so i'm like okay i need to move to las vegas so uh, my i can't with this plan i would do sales through uh, the christmas holidays that year because usually sales are better because everybody's buying gifts and everything so i'm like i'll do that and then in january i'll move so i did that it made a little bit of money and i just kept putting it back into more products i was just flipping it over just investing everything back into the business but again it was super it was just five thousand dollars then when i turned it over it was like eight thousand dollars and then it just started growing from there but it was really slow because since i was putting it back into the business i didn't have any cash my i had no cash on hand i didn't have uh, because it was all tied up in inventory there's a saying in business like you can be inventory rich but cash poor Mm -hmm. so i was i was a hundred percent that so uh anyway i we make it through the holidays and I move out to Vegas to be with her. She has her own place. And I'm like, okay, I'll like, I'll live with you and we'll split the bills and everything. Uh, but in my head, I'm like, how? Because when I'm moving, I'm also giving up like my lawn care business, the little business that I had on the side. I don't know anybody to... Yeah, but let me just ask you this because this, I, I know this is going to be an amazing story, but like what kept you going? Because you always kept hitting these junctures. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've got a choice. I've got a crossroads. Let me continue. Let me continue. What was it about in your head to say, I'm going to keep going? Like, Like uncertainty didn't seem to bother you. You thought about it but you kept moving forward. Tell me more about that mindset. I think that's really important. Well, it was, I guess it was the way that my dad raised me. Like he always told me you can have anything you want in this life as long as you're willing to work for it. And he, he's like a true success story to me. And I really look up to him and find him inspirational because he moved over here from Germany uh, when he was seven and didn't have anything. They were literally dirt floor poor living in a one room. uh, It was six of them living in a one room shack in Kentucky with dirt floors, like poor 
is like to the highest level. So to see him be able to achieve what I think is the American dream for him, uh, moving to another country, working for other people his entire life and saving and sacrificing and becoming a single digit millionaire by working for somebody else. And I'm like, man, if if he was able to do that and he gave me a life that was he instilled the work ethic into me. He never gave me anything without like me having to pay for half of it. So he was instilling this. He was telling he was teaching me the value of a dollar. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm like, man, dad, why can't you just pay for it? <laughs> like, But he's like, you got to go out there and cut the grass or like these things and earn your side of the, like if I wanted a go-kart or something and it was a thousand dollars, I had to work and save up 500 before he would pay the other. So now I know that I'm very grateful that he did that to me because um, it instilled the work ethic into me. But yeah, I just, he he's always been in the back of my head, like when, especially when the days get hard and I, I feel like this isn't going to work. Like, I just need to give up on this. And I'm like, I think of him, I'm like, man, I don't have it nowhere near as bad as he did. Like he, he moved to a country where he didn't even speak English. Yeah. So, and there's back then there was no phone in your hand that you could say, Hey, translate this to this. And it does it for you. So you're sitting in this room anyway. It's very difficult. And I'm like, man, if I don't, I feel like if I don't become something decently successful, I've failed him and my mom. And I'm like, I want to make them proud. And so that, that in the back of my head has like been the real pusher for me. Not to say that I haven't experienced some very hard times. And that's where I was getting to after I moved out here to Vegas because business was really slow. Uh, I I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how I was going to get more sales or anything like that. And I gave up when I moved away from Mississippi. I didn't have a a lawnmower anymore. I didn't know anybody that I could detail cars for. And I'm like, okay, well, let me go apply at all the airports around here because I know I can get that and I can get that comfortable income, weekly income again. So I go to all the airports and I put in the applications. I'm like, 10 years of experience. You literally don't have to teach me anything. I've been doing this. Like, So I go and apply and I'm like, I know, I'm just sitting back at the house. I'm like, I know somebody's going to call me. I mean, I was just, I was cocky because I'm like, why would they not hire me? I've, I've, I've done exactly what is needed of a person mm-hmm. that works at these places for 10 years. And so you can literally just put me in there and I would take off and be good. And a couple of weeks goes by, no calls. A couple more weeks goes by, no calls. I'm like, what is going? What is going on? And the longer the time went by, like the more I was sitting at the house and my girlfriend or my wife now at the time, she's she's paying all the bills. Like again, I don't have any money because it's all tied up in the product and the sales are slow because the first of the year nobody has any money after the holidays. So I'm just I'm just stuck and I'm just feeling she's leaving to go to work in the morning. I don't have any money to help with bills. So I started getting, I hate to use the word depressed because I feel like so many people overuse it. And, but I was at a very low spot because I just, you know, as men, you're programmed to think like you're supposed to be the provider. You're supposed to be the rock forever that your family leans on and everything. And I'm sitting there at the house doing nothing while my wife is like out at work and and making money. And I'm just sitting here like, what am I doing? Like, I just felt so guilty and, and like a bum, like worthless because I just wasn't providing anything. I was just I was just consuming. I was I was taking up space in in her life. And so what changed then? What changed? 
<laughs> so I ended up getting a sale. Uh, at, at that time, I had all the products to my name in her garage. So I basically moved it from my parents to to hers. And I got a sale one day. I'm like, oh, like let me. I just decided to make a video of the product, and uh, I printed out the invoice and I wrote on there like. Thank you, John. Uh, I really appreciate your order on the invoice. And I made a video of like boxing it up and um, and stuff like that. And I posted it and somebody uh, somebody commented on it like, oh, I didn't know you sold core audio. Like I need this speaker or I need this amp or whatever. Like, uh, can you get it for me? Like, oh, yeah. Check out my website. So that I'm like, OK, so that person ordered. I'm like, OK, well, let me do that again. So I, I made another video or I took a picture of the like me handwriting thank yous on the invoices. And I, I, so I did that again. And then somebody else was like, oh, cool. Like you, you started selling core audio. And it just started this snowball of like people finding out about me because I was sharing pictures of the products with me boxing them up or, or doing videos of them or whatever. And it, it started that a uh, little snowball is very tiny at, at the beginning. I mean, if I got an order every other day or once a week, I was ecstatic because I could see, I'm like, I know where this can go. If I keep being consistent, if I keep doing the same thing over and over, it's got to turn into something bigger. And luckily it did. <laughs> and that's the thing that always boggles people is like, what is that, that BB, that silver bullet, that thing that ignites that, that connectivity with like the customer that you want. And then, Ooh, let me validate this just so it wasn't a fluke because sometimes we'll do something out there. We might get a sale. We might get a job offer. And then we try to do the same thing and we don't get it. Then we say, oh, well, that doesn't work. I'm a failure, et cetera. But you, and I, I'm so envious of you when you had that moment and then it repeated and repeated, you knew you were onto something. I'm sure it wasn't the end. You had to hone your message. How did you put your word out there? But it must have been so exciting when you said, oh, I've got something going here. <laughs> oh, 100%. It was like, it was another aha moment uh, that I had when that started working. And I, I love it now. Like I, I did it earlier. I, I still do it to this day. So again, consistency is so huge. Like I, I still do the same thing. I mean, I've added to it, obviously, but I still do the what the nuggets of like how I got it started. I still do the, the golden rules, if you will, of like when I'm signing invoices or making videos of people's products going out and or like some deals that we have going on that somebody just bought something like, oh, you could get this deal too. If you go to my website, click here. And this morning I did that. And then 30 minutes later, I see a sale for that product come through. I'm like, awesome. It's just reaffirming that it is still to this day is working great for me. So that's a good one. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that a recent study showed nearly 60% of leaders feel depleted at the end of the day. And this feeling is a key indicator of burnout and makes it difficult to lead and inspire others. If you've ever experienced that restless exhaustion, you know why CEOs are amongst the most likely candidates experiencing job frustration. I wrote The CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track, to confront those feelings and create a plan that is sustainable for you and your organization. I created a seven-point assessment that will help you figure out your problems in days, not months. And it includes so many resources, worksheets, videos, and much, much more. If this is you, please head over to my website, dropinceo.com and click on my products, The CEO's Compass, and order yours on Amazon or other outlets. And now, back to the conversation. 
So that's an amazing story. And I would love to go now just in a couple different directions. I'm going to go selfishly into one particular direction before I go into knowing your brand, knowing your message again, whether you have your own business or you're just working within a company, understanding your value and projecting it is important. But before we go there, you're leveraging video as a marketing tool. And I have done a lot of video. I am now just starting to dip my toe into YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. And I'm trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out and seeing what resonates, et cetera. But if, and I know that this is valuable, but is there a tip to somebody that's thinking of doing it? What are the one, two, or three things that are most important when you're thinking about using your, putting out your brand in video format into the world? (laughs) I can speak of, from things that worked and things that didn't work. Like here lately, over the past couple of years, I've learned things that did not work. So this has been a lesson learned. And in business, you're always learning and pivoting as well. You try something new and it doesn't work. But the way that I started my business uh, or started my YouTube following, I was just being myself, being Mm -hmm. organic with my following. And because so many people now, they start a business and then they start social media. So what they want people to see or follow their business for is they want them to see these products or whatever their latest offers are, but they don't have, we're bombarded with ads all day long already. So why would a person want to follow your business if all you're doing is showing another product? People are already seeing products in their face all day long. We want to know Jonathan. We want to know Jonathan. Yeah. So, um, so I luckily got started with doing my uh, social media before I knew what I was doing with it. Like when I was going to the car shows and I was videoing and I was getting people's reactions and stuff like that. I didn't know what I was growing at the time. I just thought I was going to be famous on the internet. <laughs> I thought it'd be super cool to be like have a bunch of followers, but I didn't know one day in the future I would be able to leverage that into sales. So I was just going to these shows. I was recording people's, my interaction with people and their reactions to my uh, videos. And that's what people enjoyed seeing that, like how people would react to my vehicle or these different things, uh, different people's vehicles at car shows and stuff like that. So um, I was just sharing these things on my YouTube and people enjoyed it. And again, I was just being myself. I wasn't like trying to force subscribers or or buy followings or subscribers. Man, that's been a big thing to don't don't ever do that. You're only lying to yourself if you're buying followers is is not I've never done it, but I've seen so many people do it and it makes them look even more foolish um in my eyes. So anyway, that's how I got started. It's just by being authentic. And I know and when you build a authentic following, the people that are there building the relationship with you they feel this connection with you because they feel like they know you as like a personable person. Like you're, you're like, Oh, this, that's my, like I would meet. So people would see me online and they'd see me in person. Like, Oh, what's up, man? Like they just talk to you. Like you've known each other for years, but I've never even seen this person. Like, Oh, I've been watching your videos for so many years. Good to meet you in person. I feel like I know you. And I'm like, that's awesome, man. So them having that, that connection with you makes 
like it makes it so much easier not that everything has to be about sales but when you have that when they have that connection with you it makes it where uh it's so easy to convert people because they're like i know that like jp's my homeboy man like i'm gonna buy my (laughs) stuff from him because he like i know him i watch him online all the time so that's been the biggest thing uh for me and with uh other people i know so many people will say oh i'm a i'm a plumber like what how can i make my social media grow or how can I get people engaged if I'm a plumber or a landscaper or whatever? And I know it sounds crazy, but if you just video like what you do every day, there's people out there that are getting hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views just by sharing what they do and like daily. For instance, I follow a guy that he literally goes around people's neighborhoods and finds somebody that's not taking care of their their um, yard. It's all grown up. I don't know if you've seen his videos. I've seen them. They just clean up the whole thing, you know, really fast. Yeah. Yeah, for free. And he does a time lapse of it and people love it. And I'm like, so that goes to show you if a person can get hundreds of thousands of views or millions of views off of somebody just watching somebody cut grass. Like you should be able to figure out a way to like find somebody to find something interesting about your business or what you're trying to sell. So I appreciate you sharing that because I am, first of all, I do the podcast because they're audio and Mm -hmm. I get all these videos from it. So stay tuned, everybody. Deb's videos from all of her interviews and her solos are going to start going up on YouTube. But just my question here is, did you go viral as soon as you put your first video up there? How long did it take for you to kind of get what you would say is reasonable momentum to say, ah, people are watching me? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) I was not an overnight celebrity by any means. Um, It took a, a long time of building it. The Again, it was the hard way. I did it the authentic. I didn't buy my following. So sometimes I would put a video when I was first getting started and I would I would have four people watch it. And and I'm like, well, that sucks. I know I likes it. <laughs> so uh, but it, until you start putting it out there, it, it's not going to. The answer is always no. Like if you don't ask the question, the answer is always no. It's the same thing with oh, the I video. Until you put it out there, you you're gonna get zero views anyway. But as soon as you put it out there, at least your line is cast into the water with some bait out there for somebody yeah. to potentially come by and take a bite. So that's how it definitely started out very, very slow. And then over time it just again, that's that one was like another snowball to get it go rolling down the hill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But so I was doing that same style of stuff for a very long time. And then a few years ago, I got more into where I was pivoting into, okay, I'm like, my business is making way more money than YouTube is paying me. So I need to spend more time on my business because it makes more sense, dollars and cents. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just try to do YouTube videos whenever I get a chance. And before I knew it, it was like months had went by and I hadn't uploaded a YouTube video. And uh, people would message like, hey, man, I've been waiting on another video. What, like, or did you quit or what's going on? Like, oh, man, I've been so busy with my business growing it. Uh, I just don't have time for YouTube anymore. It's just not really worth my time, which that wasn't right either because YouTube was what grew my fan base or my supporter mm. base and, and not just YouTube, but also Facebook, Instagram, like all these other ones. So we'll just say social media is what, how I grew my supporter base. And so with me not 
watering the social media plant anymore. Obviously, I wasn't getting as much interaction and people didn't see me out there as much anymore. So I had to end up eventually go into uh, hiring a videographer so they could like he could do all the stuff. I mean, this came many years later, but I'm like, okay, I really need to hire somebody to do all this for me because it's very valuable to be out there and to continue to be in people's faces and interacting with them. Um, But obviously, my business is way more valuable (laughs) than like than YouTube is, but I needed to do both. So I started doing that. But my vehicle, uh, again, I moved to Las Vegas. And my vehicle uh, was in Alabama, like getting some uh, repairs done to it. And uh, I didn't have it to do the videos that I had been doing of people's reactions. So uh, I'm like, okay, what kind of content can I make? I'm like, oh, product unboxing videos. We'll do those. And so I did one and people like, oh, that's cool, man. I like, I like the product or whatever. And I'm like, oh, let me do another one. And then my whole channel turned into a a big sales. Like it, it totally flipped from cool stuff that people started following me for into, oh, this guy's just trying to sell me stuff. Every time I open his video, mm. it's like, buy this, buy this, buy this, like this, like this new product, this new product, this new product. So it ended up turning people off where uh, my subscriber rate started going down, my view rate started going down. So I basically tanked my YouTube channel and I'm sharing this with people so you don't make the same mistake as I did. Because uh, again, entrepreneurship business, it's all about learning and progressing and figuring things out. And sometimes you do stuff that you think is a good idea and sometimes you don't. <laughs> so uh, this ended up being a, a costly lesson for me on like, okay, it's not the right thing to do being like constantly shoving products down people's face. Again, people are already getting hit with products, advertisements all day long anyway. So I had to find like a little in between, like people definitely like to know when we're coming out with new downford sound products, but they also want to see different uh, content like we had when we first started of different people's car audio vehicles or or whatever, or me going to different places and meeting new people, whatever it is. They want to see the like a, a blend of this. So I'm still in the figuring out stage of what that proper blend is. So I'm still trying to figure that out. But I know the the not right thing to do is to constantly bombard people with just product videos. So uh, let that be a lesson learned there. (laughs) And and I realized that too, that, you know, I don't want to constantly be saying, oh, go to my website for drop-in CEO services or, oh, go over there for my coaching services. I don't do that. But what I'll do during these podcast interviews, my solos, I'll just say, hey, here's some tips. Here's some valuable information. But if you want more, just book a 30-minute call for me. I'll slip that in there because it's top of mind because I'm trying to help people with just the content that I'm putting out. But by the way, I can offer additional services. But again, I just kind of slip it in there and then get back to providing great value, building relationships. What I really, really love through and through and through this entire conversation is you emphasize the value of building relationships. And again, it applies to entrepreneurship, building your network, building trust, providing value, (laughs) investing in the business and not putting too much in your pocket. All of that is about building a brand, building that following, building trust with people. It still applies if you are in business, if you're in a corporate environment. 
moment, you are doing the same thing. The value of the relationships are so important. Invest in that versus, I don't know, sometimes we can say further degrees and certifications are necessary, maybe for a promotion or two, but in the long term, it's the relationships. I will tell you just a quick thing. I got my third consulting gig when I started my own business, but it was because of a relationship I had 10 years ago that they knew I was the go-to person that could solve that particular situation and drop right in and be effective. It's because of the relationships and the trusts and providing value, which is exactly what you do, Jonathan, JP. <laughs> yeah. yeah, relationships are uh, the most important thing, hands down. Yeah, so you talk about just one last thing I want to go is the mastery of, actually, this was from a testimonial. And I'll just read a little bit of it. He said, in the last 10 years I've known Jonathan, he has thoroughly impressed me with his business acumen and sheer work ethic. He has mastered the ability to market himself and his business in ways that few others have been able to achieve. So you must be doing something different. You've got a following on YouTube, but if you had to summarize what your brand is or what are you known for, what do people call you? What is your your brand or your marketing? (laughs) Um, well, I mean, my brand and who I am as a person, uh, I'm Jonathan Price, and my brand is down for a sound. Like, we Love started that. out as a dealer for a bunch of different car audio products, and that went on for a while. And we still still sell other people's uh, car audio products on our website. Again, uh, our, our business model is 99% online sales. If people are local to one of our warehouses, they're able to come in and purchase in person or whatever. But 99% of our stuff is uh, online sales. So um, the longer we sold other people's products, the more they asked, are you ever going to do your own brand of products? And at first, I'm like, no, I don't know anything about that. Same thing with business. I'm like, I don't know anything about doing my own brand of products or whatever, but you're always figuring things out. So I came out with one amplifier and that turned into like 50 amplifiers now. And uh, and we just kept, kept it going again. I've been pouring everything into my business since day one. I mean, I'm still doing it to this day. The only difference is the the numbers have changed. Whereas I was putting like $5,000, that's all that I had at the time into like the products that I could buy. Then I would do, it got to where it was $50,000 and then $100,000. And now we're putting in orders for millions of dollars in products of our well, I mean, we still order other people's brands, but we're developing our own product line where we're we're placing orders for multiple millions of dollars at the same time. So it's definitely cool yeah. to see. And it makes me think of a saying that I heard, <laughs> like people's problems are all the same as like in business. It's just the numbers change. So like because when you first start, a $5,000 problem is a huge deal. But as you continue to grow and become bigger, it takes a $500,000 thing to make you worried again or make you like, oh, man, this is scary again. And then it takes like $5 million to make you have that same level of, am I doing the right thing? But the more you do it over and over and over, it also makes you realize like, I kind of have the blueprint to what I'm doing. I've been doing this so many times over and over and over. I have, and I know the return each time. So I, I just keep doing it and the return just gets bigger and bigger each time. There's so many nuggets in that. I, you know, when I 
first of all, it gives me goosebumps because it, it gives me the validation of what I've been trying to do to build my business over time to serve the people I want to, is mm-hmm. you always trusted yourself. Even though there was uncertainty, you trusted yourself. And first and foremost, it was all about building your relationship with people just by being yourself. And you were always betting on yourself. You didn't like invest in other people, even though it felt a little uncomfortable you, you, you bet the farm on yourself. Yeah. And I think there is just such inspiration from that story for others to listen is that, you know, we get these barriers, we get these crossroads that we come to, and sometimes we don't take a risk on ourselves. We have, we mm-hmm. don't take the step or we don't take the path of uncertainty, which has also been one of my issues. I like certainty. I like to control. And it's scary if you go in a direction and it doesn't work and you found that out. But I bet you, you probably have had more successes than failures. And here you are now talking to, on the Drop-In CEO podcast, sharing I would say a very inspirational story for others to consider. I appreciate it. Uh, the guy that actually, I believe, uh, I don't know if it has his name there, but if it was Scotty that did that testimonial, yeah. he was a mentor of mine. And uh, he. I, I want people to know that as well. If you can find somebody that will mentor you that's been in, even it doesn't even have to be in the same space or whatever, but they can help so much. And please do not waste their time because their time, if, they're able to help you and they've already become massively successful. They more than likely don't have to be helping you. They don't need, even if you're paying them a fee, they don't need that. It's more of a way of them giving back to like somebody else. Cause so many people that do become really successful or they help people. They're like, if, if I've helped you, then promise me you'll help somebody else in the future, like pay it forward yeah. because you get to a point where you can get to where you have, enough money like you have plenty and you're like i don't it doesn't benefit me to get more from a person it would it's more fulfilling to see a person flourish under your help like that that's a lot more fulfilling so uh, he was one of the ones that kind of uh, guided me along the way on a lot of different questions that i had actually he lives in knoxville tennessee i live in las vegas he's here in las vegas for the whole this whole month and i I actually had dinner with him last night so it's funny how that just kind of all came together and i just got to see him uh last night but he's definitely been a um, huge help in like keeping me um i don't know guided in the right direction and even if it's something that we think is small it it can be something small but if you think about like okay I share this way of shipping with you and it'll save you a couple of bucks uh, per shipment. You're like, oh, a couple of bucks. Like, okay, no big deal. But since that day, it could have been a, a hundred thousand shipments. So if he saved $2, save me $2 per shipment, that's $200,000. But you don't, it's so easy to be like, oh, $2, like that's not a big deal. So you have to always see the bigger picture on things like that, like yeah. what it'll turn into way down the road. So anyway, he's been a huge help for me. So I would definitely suggest people having a mentor uh, if they can uh, find one. It's, it's a great help. Oh, and I can validate that. And again, I know he listens to these episodes. Thank you, Dave Hasse, for just believing in me and wanting to see me succeed as well. So I have to bring this to a close. Your story is very inspirational. Again, I know the industry you're in may not be relevant to everybody, but I want people to really think and share this episode with others who might want to be inspired if they are forced out of the nest or they have an opportunity to take a path that is a little bit uncertain 
important, but has so many rewards. So Jonathan, anything else you would like to share with our audience before we bring it to a close? No, I just, like I said earlier, I really appreciate people having me on these. And if I can, this is my way of giving back and helping people with any little nuggets that I'm able to share, like you were saying earlier as well. You're getting uh, nuggets from this that, that will help you. And I know it'll help other people too. And that's just really fulfilling for me. So I really appreciate you having me on and uh, letting me share my two cents with the world. So Jonathan, JP, I want to thank you for dropping in on the podcast. And to my audience, he is inspirational. We have all of his contact information in the show notes. Please check out his work, check out his website. And if he's interesting and you're inspired and also you want to learn more about his industry, please, please reach out to him. This is not just a one and done. This is about building relationships and connections. But with that, Jonathan, I just want to say thank you for being amazing in what you're doing, being an inspiration. And I do wish you well and continued success. Thank you. It means a lot. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring. When you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.